spellbinding salutations, <laughs> spoopy listeners. I am your resident spooky drag queen, Pissy Miles. And I am your resident spooky drag queen, spooky sister, Sam Baxter. And, and this, this is, is my spooky, spooky gay, gay family. Back with another episode of my spooky gay family. Yes, we are. (laughs) We are in fact here. That is is 100% factual. We are here. (laughs) What's new with you, Sam Baxter? Not much. I was actually just thinking that I might want to change my my sign on. How so? Well, I realize that I'm I'm a league of their owning myself every time. Yeah, you're Dottie's sister. Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you're Kit. Yeah, which is apparently. funny because you're older. Yes, I am. So you should you. be Dottie. It's been a couple episodes since he brought up my age. Actually, I know. I've been. Like... I've been. Uh, I've been looking for a way to sneak it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you found it. You're so much older than me. You should be Dottie. <laughs> and yet and yet what would you change it to i have no idea which is the problem hmm. you might I, have to think about this now you could be our resident spooky uh authoritarian <laughs> you could be our resident that makes me sound like a dhs <laughs> dhs agent you could be our resident spooky writer our resident <laughs> spooky uh humorist our resident spooky uh lesbian lesbian <laughs> yes we all we always need i think everyone should have a resident spooky lesbian <laughs> <laughs> we do make things fun i love lesbians i don't think lesbians get enough love i mean i don't either but i don't I'm mean from biased. each other i'm sure they get love from each other but <laughs> I, I think that especially in the lgbtq community i think lesbians deserve a lot more love well thank you we appreciate that <laughs> not I you but everyone else thank you <laughs> I say speaking the royal we. Again. The royal yes. we. <laughs> That's what Queen Elizabeth takes in the royal bathroom. Yes. The royal we. <laughs> I don't know why I feel so like, like, woo today. I'm like, I'm kind of on my own planet at the moment. I feel like I've been taking Sudafed, but I haven't. At least not Does for. Does Sudafed make you like loopy? Sudafed makes me very loopy. It's kind of fun. Honestly, one day I'll take a Sudafed and then we should record <laughs> because I I turn into like... Is that a performance enhancing drug or a performance deteriorating drug for you? Well, for me, it's performance enhancing. For everyone else, it's probably <laughs> a, a detriment. I, I probably am not as funny when I'm on it, but I think I'm hysterical. That's how I feel about drag queens when they're like, oh, I'm funnier when I drink. I'm like, no, you just think you're funnier when you drink. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out you're never funny. I mean, I guess there's something to be said for like lowering your inhibitions and saying stuff you wouldn't usually say. But... Yeah, but that's not always a good thing. No, not always. And I frequently honestly, not. Actually. I don't trust myself in situations like that. Because I have a very dark sense of humor and I could see myself 
saying something while uh, under the influence of inhibitors or uninhibitors, <laughs> I should say, uh, that would probably be taken the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, no, I can understand that. I, I've kind of, like, I've built up huge inhibitions for myself for a reason. Yeah, Why I am I taking this, them down? I did this to better myself. If you want me to take the walls <laughs> down, that's on you. This is like <laughs> Katrina. <laughs> if the levees break, it's not going to end well for anyone. No. Um, what the hell was I talking about? Sudafed. You were going to take a Sudafed. Oh, Sudafed. Yes, one day I'll take a Sudafed before we before we record. Hopefully it won't be for a good reason. Because yeah. I hate being sick. I really, truly hate being sick. Not that we're advocating for taking Sudafed for recreational purposes or anything. Of and that I would never... No. <laughs> especially since that what they that's what they make meth out of is it really uh well i don't know if it's specifically what they make meth out of but it can be used to make meth damn not I that anyone should do that no no one should do that and i am not advocating for it no because i do not take meth no unless it's suit fed <laughs> <laughs> if i'm a little coffee then i then i take meth i wonder <laughs> if that's a thing i wonder if meth clears your sinuses i have no idea all i know is that it clears your mouth of teeth if you're (laughs) if you're listening and you take meth (laughs) please write in to let us know if you have if you can just breathe like a fucking tunnel like it must be like the lincoln tunnel they're just like (sighs) meth must be just the most wonderful Uh, for someone uh, because i have a lot of sinus problems and if I was going to do a drug, I would at least want it to help me breathe better. I feel like at that point, you may as well just like eat straight wasabi or something like that. I feel like it would have the same effect. Mm. Or peppermint oil. Have you ever used peppermint oil? I have never used peppermint oil. Peppermint oil is the fucking tea, but it burns like a motherfucker if you do it wrong. Oh. Yeah. Peppermint oil, as a witch, I feel compelled to say this, that essential oils can actually be used for, for real things. <laughs> peppermint. I remember it. it it's very funny that this came up because... Uh, I remember one Christmas we were at Mima's and Jess had a sinus infection mm-hmm. and she couldn't breathe. And I had made peppermint ice cream as like a Christmas dessert. So I made peppermint ice cream and I gave Jess a bowl and she was like miserable and like spooning it for a second. And then she like took a couple bites and she was like, oh, my God. And I was like, what? She was like, my nose just totally cleared up. I was like, oh, my God, it's peppermint ice cream. It cleared up because it's a natural... Peppermint is a natural uh, anti-inflammatory, so huh. it reduces all the swelling in your nostrils when you are congested. I didn't know that. I'm going to go buy peppermint candy now for when I'm stuffed up. Peppermint. I've never used peppermint candy. I use. I literally just go to like like um, GNC and I get mm-hmm. uh, like a little bottle of peppermint um, essential oil, yeah. and you put a little bit on your finger and you put it in your nostrils, and it clears you up. I mean, not. Not for an extended amount of time, but it is a nice little temporary relief. Our legal team feels the need to say, you know, do some research before you do these things. Yeah, if you're allergic to peppermint, don't fucking do <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, don't fucking do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and it's so funny to me that like I have to, uh, I have to say things like that. But please, uh, if you are allergic to peppermint, don't, don't do it. I'm just paranoid, is what it comes down to. <laughs> Why are you paranoid? <laughs> because I worked. I worked in an office where my job was to process lawsuits for a really long time. Mm. 
So I know so the kind of our... stupid shit that people <laughs> sue over. You're worried that my spooky gay family will come to a court clerk's desk. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't need to see my former co-workers like that. Like I don't I don't need to be Good to see that. you again, Hank. Yeah, seriously. Um but it's funny Did that Did you we... tell someone to snort straight peppermint oil? No, no <laughs> nobody said that. Please pour this directly in your eyes. Put it in a neti pot. <laughs> do not do, not do that. Do not do that. <laughs> Every time I feel like um, like Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids when she's like, I know where all the nukes are and I know the codes. Don't repeat that. <laughs> she just keeps like saying, don't repeat that. That's how I feel warning people not to be idiots with peppermint oil. Pepper, any essential oil should be handled with care. Yes. That said, it is a great homeopathic tool. Yes. And you well, should enjoy it. Yeah. Do you ever use essential oil in in your like kitchen or in your witchcraft or? I like to use it um, to make. We buy unscented lotion, and I mm. make my own scented lotion because oh, I nice. very rarely find lotions that I like or that don't have coconut or that don't have coconut oil in them. <laughs> because you're allergic to coconut, so I just buy the which is great because oil. my recommendation to anyone who is allergic to coconut is to use coconut essential oil. <laughs> Just like people who are allergic to peppermint should obviously use peppermint essential oil. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice. I get my like my little bergamot and lilac thing going on. And bergamot. It's nice. Yeah. Mm. I like citrusy scents. I'm, I don't blame you. I've been using, um, I won't say the brand because I don't want people to start buying it and make it so that I can't access it. But I found a new brand of hand soap uh, that has a really wonderful lemon scent yes i am familiar with the brand of hand soap i also have that brand of hand soap. you do and yours is uh desert, desert rose. rose yeah desert it rose. does not smell like rose really. no it smells like coconut if i'm being honest <laughs> <laughs> i washed my hands in the bathroom before and i came out and i was like does does that desert rose hand soap have coconut in it and you're like it literally you immediately turned into like like you you had i'd caught you red-handed like both hands went up and you're like I don't think so. <laughs> and you start staring at your hands like, what have you done? <laughs> Why did you do this well, to mean, me, Well, I mean, my hands? skin wasn't like tingly or breaking out in a rash. Did you buy it recently? Uh, Sarah bought it recently. How um, recently? I want to say like two weeks, three weeks, maybe. Oh, you'd know by now. Then. Yeah, no, I've used it enough. It wasn't you like know, this because morning. Because we have to wash our hands every 10 minutes. Well, that's so. not so bad. It does smell a bit coconutty. Yeah, no, it, it does have an, an undercurrent of coconut. And I don't know why, because it's literally called Desert Rose, and there are no coconuts in the desert, are there? I don't think so. I think that's sort of a tropical island that's kind a, of thing. Yeah, it's a tropical thing. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's sand in both places. I don't know why I'm justifying this. I don't know, why <laughs> I don't know how we got here, to be perfectly either. honest. But, we do, but this is where we are. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the topic for today. We're just, we're just going to talk, talk about, about essential soap. oils. <laughs> I wonder if we could do a whole episode on essential oils. I mean, we probably could. I, I feel the need to say I'm not one of those people who like believes that essential oils can cure cancer. No, or some nor am I. stupid bullshit like that. Like, go to your doctor. I like homeopathy. I think that some of it works in some very interesting ways. Uh, I am not. I would never be the type of person to advocate that it should be used in place of medicine. No, don't don't be that person. <laughs> like medical science has evolved for a reason. I think even healers, well. even homeopathic healers say like this is not a substitute for medical attention. I am not a doctor. Like 
any homeopathic no, treatment should be done in conjunction with your medical even if it relieves symptoms it might not relieve the core cause the, of those exactly symptoms. so yeah. please go to your doctor unless it's reiki that can cure anything <laughs> so i've been told. i'm kidding i'm kidding i have no idea i've never done reiki i've never had it done to me and i've never done it although um someone said to me once that they had reiki done on them after childbirth mm-hmm. and uh they were very, it was someone who is very skeptical of homeopathy. Yeah. And um, she was like, she was like, I thought it was bullshit, but it was a free service. So I let them do it. And she was like, it was actually very strange. She was like, the person put their hands over me and I really did feel like heat. Like hmm. it was, it was a very, cause basically Reiki is, it's like a massage for your energy. It's like a, an energy massage. It, it, it moves all your all your aura around <laughs> and puts everything back where it's supposed to be. Um, but I thought it was an interesting thing. I mean, it sounds interesting. I've never, I've never like looked into it really. I always just thought it was kind of like it's it's one of those things I'd only ever seen the word used in like a new age shop when it's like this is, these are reiki candles. I'm like, okay, I have no idea what the fuck that means. Yeah, when but, you see someone dancing around in in like a skirt they made themselves out of yeah. like pashmina scarves and it's yeah. like and you're like this is reiki and you're like mm, i'm good thank you <laughs> candles uh but I, the, I again i'm not i would not put down anyone for practicing reiki i have never no. done it um i imagine it probably is very helpful for some people or for most people who knows i have no idea i'm a big it. proponent of it. if it works for you then do it then just do it. yeah don't like don't put all your eggs in one basket so to speak yeah Unless it's your egg basket. Yes, then, then you should your put eggs your eggs in there. <laughs> all of this is to say we're talking about witches today. Yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes into the episode. Um, we're doing we, good. I, you know what? I think, that's the, I think that's one of the most productive tangents we've ever gone on. It actually stayed oddly on topic. Oddly, yes. Today we are not only talking about witches, we are talking about the witches. And not the Sanderson sisters. We are talking about different witches. Although they do hold a very special place in my heart when it comes to witches. Yes. I can't wait for our Hocus Pocus episode. Yeah. <laughs> not that we have it planned. You shouldn't be looking forward to it. We have not planned anything. But uh, one day when we do Hocus Pocus, that will be probably the pinnacle of, of my my spooky gay family career. Okay, it's over. We can go home kind of thing. It's like, yeah, okay, like we, did we, we, we did what we came to do. We did Hocus Pocus. Now we're done. <laughs> We're coming up on our hundredth episode. Maybe we'll make Hocus Pocus our hundredth. Are episode. we? Yeah, we're in a, we're in the seventies right now. Are we really? Yeah. My God, I had no idea. We're at, we've done a hundred episodes. No, we haven't done it yet. We're about thirty episodes away. <laughs> Are we really that? Far? Well, if you include, counting the minisodes. Oh, counting the minisodes. Yes. If you include the minisodes, um, that actually doesn't surprise me. I don't know why I feel so surprised by that. Because when I look back on it, I'm like, wow, we we really have done a lot of episodes. Well, you figure we do two episodes a week and there's 52 weeks in a year and we're just about at a year now. Mm hmm. So it'll take two years for us to get to 100 episodes. No. Well, 100 main episodes. Yeah. I give up. I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll go home. now. but But then when you think about it, there are certain ones we released. Like it, we did, um, we did like two episodes on it. 
Yes, we did. And like there were some we did like two a week. Yes. No, there were some that we did that. So it's it's kind of a, you know, give or take six episodes. It should take about about two years to hit mm. 100 main episodes. I'm literally sitting here looking at I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at our, our episode list uh, of in, in the, our hosting service. And I'm like, fuck you such and such for not numbering the episodes. <laughs> I can't sit here and count them all right now. Um, that's so interesting. Well, today we are talking about the witches. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we are talking about the witches because it is the scariest children's movie ever made. <laughs> I think it's funny that like my first initial instinct was to say like, ah, I don't know, this one's scarier, but I honestly cannot fucking come up with one. Like this is, I couldn't a, this think is a terrifying of a, movie. Yeah, I really couldn't think of a kid's movie that scared me more than this. I think... There was one movie that was kind of, it's kind of on par, but it's, uh, it's technically a comedy. So it has a lot more humor in it. It's just that the main antagonist is so horrifically horrifying to me as a child that it, it like traumatized me. What was the movie? Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, Okay. The troll, the troll in scared that the movie scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> it scared me so bad. I don't, it's just like, it looked so like gooey and creepy and awful. It was like, oh, it was so gross. I can't remember his name. Do you remember the troll's name in that movie? No, I don't. It, oh, it's Trogdor. Trogdor? Trogdor. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, because Ernest says, Yay, I call on the Trogdor. <laughs> and that's like how he accidentally summons the troll from ah, under the tree. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that yeah, when we'll we do it. It's we'll stupid. It. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Who was I talking to? I haven't to watched recently? it in a really long time. but I watched it like two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was bored in quarantine. I was like, I'm going to turn on Ernest Scared Stupid. Um, David has never seen it. You know what? I, I believe that, actually. I feel like that's the kind of movie that I would totally believe David hadn't seen yet. And I I think it's because it's not like... I, I don't know what it is about the movie that just doesn't read as David. I think it's like, that's a movie you were definitely shown by your parents, and his parents probably were not into movies like that. Yeah, no, there's, there's really two camps of people. It's people whose parents showed them all the Ernest movies and people whose parents showed them none of the Ernest movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you've either seen all of them or none of them. Yeah, you have seen every single one or none at all. Um, but anyway, The Witches. <laughs> yeah. Which has nothing to do with Ernest. I, I would like to note, just for uh, just for our own purposes, yeah. we are 20 minutes into the episode oh, and Jesus. we have not talked about <laughs> the thing we came here to talk about at all. Um, the Witches is the probably one of, if not the scariest children's movies. Movie? Movies? I lost track of that sentence. <laughs> it just totally went off the rails. I are you like, sure you didn't take some of that today? <laughs> I wish I could say I had. I'm just having an aneurysm. Um, it is definitely one of the scariest movies made for children, if not the scariest movie made for children. And there are a million reasons why, but I think the number one reason is Angelica Houston. Yeah, no, she's like got this terrifying like Nazi accent in this movie. Like even when she's not like all yeah. prosthetic out, she's still scary. That's what I was going to say. It's like, yeah. it's not even just 
the Grand High Witch out of makeup. Like, Angelica Houston in her, like, person suit (laughs) is still terrifying. (laughs) Like, as a child, you would not want to run into her. And Angelica Houston is a beautiful woman. Like she's gorgeous. She, she's a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. But there's Still, just there is something about the way she holds herself in this movie and the way she talks that just it's just instantly creepy. Like it gives you the shudders every time. I know, and I think that she kind of in this movie best represents what it is about evil or villainous women that appeals to gay men. <laughs> like it's she's like kind of a drag queen she's in this, very in this much a drag queen look at what she goes from and to <laughs> first of all that's the first sign she's a drag queen starting off looking like that and then she puts on a face full of makeup and she looks like that um she's like statuesque and decked out in like the most beautiful like satin and silk and chiffon and like all this like very flowy elegant expensive looking uh fabric, fabric and costuming yeah. and uh, and all this stuff and she has like that one shot where she walks in into the ballroom and she stands on the stage and she just turns throws off her cape and goes I'm fabulous like yeah. she just gets, strikes the pose <laughs> and she's like I'm here and they're just like yeah <laughs> like that is what every gay man wants yes her grandmama it's me Anastasia moment it's yes. me Anastasia <laughs> We should do that movie. That was kind of a scary movie. It was movie. kind of a creepy movie. We like, should, maybe one day we'll do Anastasia. <laughs> we should totally do Anastasia. <laughs> Anastasia scared me as a little kid. When we do Anastasia, it is pretty scary. Uh, I keep wanting to call him Rumpelstiltskin, and that's not his name. <laughs> Rasputin. Rasputin. Uh, <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. I don't know why it like wouldn't come out. It was like, I was like, Raspel Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> Uh, Rasputin is horrifying in that movie. Yes, he is. Hank Azaria is. Hank Azaria is wonderful. wonderful What's his character's name? Bartok. Bartok, the bat. There's a part of my brain that's supposed to know how to do math that keeps that information right there. I know. (laughs) For instant recall. I remember the name of the bat. From Anastasia. From Anastasia. Literally a movie we haven't watched in probably about 20 years. At least. At the very (laughs) least. Um... And when we do Anastasia, remind me to tell you the story about when I was in college and someone approached me about doing an original musical about Rasputin. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm not kidding. I this know you're a, not this kidding. Is a fully true story. It's hard. Um, that said, let's let's start at the beginning with the witches. Yes. Um, this movie came out in 1990, yes. and is iconic. It is absolutely iconic. I mean, Angelica Houston was already an Oscar winner, I believe, at this point. Um, What did she win the Oscar for? Do you know? I can't remember the name of the movie, um, but I know it was in the 80s. She won uh, an Oscar. Oh, God. It's not that it really matters. I was just curious. If I could only remember. But now it's like one of those things where it's like, it's going to eat away at my brain. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Was it Preetzi's Honor? I didn't realize she was in that. But I watched that once when I was like 15. So I can't remember. I honestly can't remember which movie she won an Oscar for. Um, But she did win an Oscar in the early to mid 80s. And 
I believe at this point she was probably dating Jack, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a horror story on its own. I, you know what's funny? I was listening to her. She was on Alec Baldwin's podcast. Have you listened to it? I haven't, no. Oh, it's a really good podcast, if I'm being honest. Uh, it's a very interesting... It's called Here's the Thing. And he interviews, like, celebrities and artists and politicians and all kinds... Like, he interviewed Bernie Sanders, which I thought was really cool. I listened to mm. it. I go. I listen to his podcast when I, when I go for walks, so I listen to it very, very rarely. Um, and uh, he does one where he talks to Angelica Houston, and he talks to her about her her father who was John Houston, a very, very famous director, a film director. And he talks to her about Jack Nicholson and their dating. And she still to this day says that she has nothing but fondness for Jack Nicholson that, you know, Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. They're, they're definitely like, they're probably still friends, although they Mm -hmm. are not together anymore. Um, But she said that she loved him and that he was a wonderful man that it just wasn't, I have to admit that that surprises me. Why? Just because Jack Nicholson seems so batshit crazy. I mean, yeah, <laughs> he probably is. I, you know, I think it's just the way he talks. Like it's he, not even yeah. like his fault. Like he's probably totally normal. It's just the way he talks. I don't think he's crazy. I think he's probably like kooky. He's, yeah, he's probably a zany. He reminds like he's the masculine equivalent in my brain of like Carol Kane. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, no, I can see that completely. Because Carol Kane is not like insane cuckoo bananas, she's not, but you know she's a little she's a little nutty. She's eccentric. Yeah, she and has I not like gone that. the full nutty, but she's like halfway there. The full nutty, the return of the full nutty. Yes. <laughs> um yeah, I I kind of view him in the same the same kind of light I would put someone like Carol Kane in or Bobcat Goldthwaite. Like, kind of that, like, what's going on here? Okay. I know nothing I about Bobcat Goldthwait except for how he talks. But that's kind of what makes him so wonderful, is that, like, he's probably the most normal person in the world, but he talks like that. So it's like, yeah. uh, you can, I, that was not a good Bobcat Goldthwait in, in, impersonation. Um, but anyway, The Witches. <laughs> it did. It came out in 1990. Um, do you? remember the first time when we started this podcast literally this episode (laughs) do you remember the first time you watched the witches yes i do i was very young Mm -hmm. um at least five clearly but (laughs) um (laughs) no i think i was like five or six when so you watched it when it first came out yeah because it was a kid's movie and because dad did not (laughs) and because (laughs) neither of our parents ever screened material before they showed it to us they're like Schindler's List, perfect. Put it on. <laughs> There's a little girl on the cover. Everything will be fine. <laughs> it's clearly a kids' movie. No, but <laughs> look at that gorgeous red coat. No, <laughs> I can't believe I made that joke. You did though, and oh, I'm never gonna let you forget I'm sorry. it. Welcome to the dark side. We have candy. this is this is why my inhibitions are so high. Um, no, but uh, and I didn't even have anything to drink or anything. It's like it's fine. But um, yeah, no, I was five or six the first time I saw it and was absolutely terrified of it the whole way through, like from the very beginning. Because it's horrifying from the very beginning. Yeah, because the beginning is just the grandmother 
telling, telling that him, awful story. Telling that awful story. <laughs> oh my God. Horrifying. I remember, I, I don't remember the first time I watched this, but I remember I was very young and I remember watching it as a child and being kind of like fascinated and horrified where it's like, I am terrified, but I can't look away kind of situation with this movie. And the the thing that scared me the most in the whole fucking movie was the story of Erica. Yeah, no, it's a creepy fucking story. And it's horrifying. It's mixed in with her telling Luke how to spot a witch. Mm -hmm. So it really like the, the tension mounts as she's like listing different attributes and you just get to this one point where it's it's just a child abduction. And Basically, like, yeah. <laughs> but that's such a common theme in Roald Dahl's stories. Um, this idea of like children in danger or children in peril. And yeah. uh, it's so strange the way his books were written for children, but that they were almost like beyond a child's understanding. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like he was writing horror for children, but not really. It's it's yeah. like they were getting packaged as sort of these fun, kooky stories, but like, you know, Ro- Roald Dahl was kind of Arlstein. He really like, was <laughs> kind of, and or uh, what's his name that wrote uh, scary stories? Uh, Alvin Schwartz. Alvin Schwartz, like very much kind of an Alvin Schwartz in that way. Roald Dahl had very disturbing stories yeah even when you look at like the bfg and charlie and the chocolate factory Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of there's a lot of fucked up shit in roald Dahl. yeah like um he also wrote one adult book which was um, (laughs) how much worse did it get well it was it was adult with a capital a Oh, like porn? Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of sex in it. <laughs> Which was the only thing missing from his children's movies. Yeah, so um there's that. The the name of the book escapes me now, which is fine. I, but, I um, can't even imagine. But yeah, no, Roald Dahl wrote wrote one adult fiction piece that had a lot of gratuitous sex in it. Hmm. Um so that's your fun trivia fact for the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> um But yeah, no, Erica. Erica, and the one thing I will say is, like, this movie was so well made. It was directed by Nicholas Roeg and, uh, or Nicholas, uh, it's N-I-C-O-L-A-S, so it's, it's European. Could go either way. Yeah, who knows. Um, and the way it's shot, especially the whole sequence where we're hearing Erica's story, there's something so creepy about it it's so atmospheric to me it feels otherworldly because a it takes place in uh where is the grandmother from sweden or uh, um i got the impression it was germany or austria it's it's one or the other i can't i can't remember where she's from but it's not because at one point um you see on the side of the police car that it's the name of the city that they're in is bergens so Mm. i'm not sure if it's germany or austria because i'm not familiar with I thought she was like Swedish or Danish or something along those lines. She very well could be and I could be talking out of my ass. Like we will never know. Or we will know in just a minute because you're on IMDb. One or the other. I mean, I'm looking, but there's no. (laughs) (laughs) There is no. uh, There is no specification. uh, At least that I can see at first glance. I'm sure someone will write in to tell us uh, where the grandmother is supposed to have been from. Um, 
it's she says it in the beginning of the movie. She says, I moved Luke from Bapapa to England. Um, but uh, where I was going with that is that as an American child, there's something that makes it feel almost more fantastical because it's so like otherworldly. It's like a different part of the world and it just feels so foreign. That you have no context for. Yeah, you have no context for it as a child. So like I remember thinking it was so creepy that that little girl was walking down to like get milk with like a, a tin milk can. A tin can. milk can, yeah. And granted it's supposed to have happened a long time ago, but it's it's like, again, you have no context for that as a five-year-old American child. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Even in America, it's like, I mean, we had the milkman, but it it never felt quite like that. It has a very European feel sensibility. to it. Sensibility. <clears throat> uh, we'll yeah, yeah, sensibility is a great term for it. And, and that's something that as a child is very hard to come to terms with because it's like you said, you don't have context for it. So um, that made it feel very creepy to me. And then like, the witch was very creepy that ends up taking her and it, it just felt very spooky. It was very spooky. Yeah. And it's also like, I saw this movie kind of right around the age where like you start to get those stranger danger talks. Mm-hmm. So I was already like terrified of, of <laughs> adults who were not my parents. And then like this bitch is like, and if they have purple eyes, like they're going to eat you. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I remember very distinctly going to grocery stores and like looking at the eyes of older women as we passed. Like I was absolutely convinced I was going to see one that really? had purple eyes. I was absolutely convinced. Mom told me that uh, once when we were at, uh, here's a blast from the past. We were at Caldor's. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, I asked an old woman if she was a witch <laughs> while we were in line. You just had to be sure. I was, I, she was like saying hello to me and I was yeah. like, are you a witch? <laughs> and she, la- thank God lady. she laughed. Um, but I, I'm assuming And then it immediately was... went, yes. <laughs> She's like, ha ha ha, I have to go. Um, I, yeah, mom told me that as a, I, because I was, as a child, I was obsessed with witches. From Hocus Pocus to this movie, uh, anything that like, uh, even like Witch Hazel on Looney Tunes, like I loved witches. It was just my thing. I loved it. But it was kind of this like, it's kind of the way you love sharks, where it's like, <laughs> I'm so afraid of this thing. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Do you that, think it was this movie then that did it? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure this movie was at least part of it. I wouldn't be surprised if, because I'm pretty sure Hocus Pocus came out in what, 93 or 96? I think it's 93. Uh, It was like 1993. So Hocus Pocus probably came out not long after this, maybe three or four years. And uh, mom and dad were probably like, oh, he loved Hocus Pocus. Let's let him watch The Witches. (laughs) (laughs) And look how I turned out. Um, But yeah, the whole thing with Erica really scared the shit out of me because in the end, the witch doesn't kill her. No. She puts her in a painting to be trapped for her whole life. And just lets her like die of old age like 80 years later. In a painting. In a painting. And with no one else. I never realized it as a child. It took me watching it as an adult to realize that 
when Angelica Houston arrives at the hotel, she walks up to a painting and sees a little girl and like scratches on it. And you hear like a little like, like, like there is clearly another little girl trapped in a painting in this hotel. It's like, oh my God. Right. It's like, these witches are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) This is just the go-to. This is the default (laughs) thing that you do. They really are not like these witches are insane. Yeah, no. And it's not even like the Hansel and Gretel, like fattening you up to eat you thing. It, it, it is a sort of like weird torture death thing yeah. that you're going to get. Like you're going to get this really fucked up thing that happens to you. And I think a lot of it, a lot of the fear also comes from, because you, you go through the whole thing with Erica, but then Luke has the experience out in the treehouse, And that was another scene that really creeped me out as a kid because not that I think I knew this at the time, but I think it kind of goes back to what you were talking about before the kind of like stranger danger thing yeah. where it's like this woman came out of nowhere and he was isolated and he was trapped and she was in control of the entire situation until it got to a point where she couldn't be. So it's like, until his grandmother comes out. Yeah. And there's if, another if, if grandmother had not come out at that exact moment, Luke probably would be in a painting somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so or something I, worse or worse. Exactly. <laughs> we don't know all of the things that the witches <laughs> do to children. <laughs> they turn them into shoes um, <laughs> and they're ugly shoes. Uh, but, and that was one of the funniest descriptions to me about the witches in this movie. Yeah. They're like, they have nub toes. They don't have toes. They just have like nubs. So they don't wear fancy shoes. They just wear those plain, ugly shoes. And it's like, <laughs> wow, the grandma. Like, <laughs> that's fucking rude. It's and like, like, they could just be a lesbian. You don't know. I know. You like, have no idea. Don't go after sensible shoes. There are Swedish on. lesbians. Doc Martens exists. um yes so i do remember being quite terrified of this movie as a child what part like scared you the most i think the part that scared me the absolute most was when you get the grand reveal in the ballroom of the grand high witch because i was not expecting that Mm. and then when she just turns around and she has that like creepy muppet face yeah it's horrifying i also this was the first time i realized that this is a jim henson movie I oh, had yeah. no idea that that's what it was. <laughs> as an adult, you can see it plain as day. Yeah. But like as a child, it it all just kind of melts together. But yeah, no, when she when she burns that other witch, I think is my that's the moment in the movie where I'm like, I'm I am both uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it's socially awkward. Who <laughs> spoke? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love her. Her as the Grand High Witch when she like when she's just like that old like skeleton. Yeah, when she's a Skeksis. When she's a Skeksis. Yeah. <laughs> she is like almost like like obviously as a child she's horrifying, but as an adult, the funniest fucking yeah. thing you'll ever watch in your life. With that horrible prosthetic nose. <laughs> she's got eyeshadow. Yeah. It's like, why did you have eyeshadow on under the Angelica Houston hat? I know. <laughs> she looks like Billy B in her face. Um, my favorite is when she's like talking about uh, potion. What is it? Uh, it's 86. 86. It's formula, formula number 86. Formula number 86. And she's like, the child. 
we'll grow fat. And she's like, she just keeps like teasing them with these, like with what's going to happen. She's like, the child is no longer a child. The child is a mouse. And it's like, they just lose their, it's like Bon Jovi, just yeah. like walked out on stage and they're like, yeah. And I was like, but that is like, it's so perfect. She is wonderful. Yes, and she's just the focal point of everyone's attention, and you just can't look away. Like, there's so many other details happening when she's when she's up there, like, mm-hmm. especially, like, the other witches in the room are, like, talking to each other and, like, making motions and stuff, but you never, ever take your eyes off of her, ever, because she's no. horrifying and fabulous at the same time. She, she's, like, divine in a strange way. It's, like, <laughs> she's this kind of, like, grotesque beauty. It almost sounds like, it's like the <laughs> elephant man. You can't, you can't like this, this gro- like I said, it's like a grotesque beauty that like you can't not be obsessed with it. It's just so fucking wonderful. And there's so much in this film that is like, again, it was, it was a, a I don't, Jim Henson didn't direct the movie, but he did all of the like creature effects and, and things like that. So um, you have like all these like funny little things like you have the little mice puppets yeah. when Luke and Bruno t- get turned into mice and by the way Bruno is probably me as a British child <laughs> just like the fat kid who's always bothering the waitress about cucumber sandwiches <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a cucumber sandwich? yeah they're delicious fucking delicious the best thing ever. I don't like mayonnaise, so I make them without mayonnaise. But um, oh no, you make them with butter. I make mine with cream cheese. That also sounds delicious. Fucking delicious. Rosemary and cream cheese and cucumber on a sandwich, done. <laughs> That's all I came here to talk about. I don't care about. I don't care if you don't take anything else away from this from this discussion about the witches. You should go away knowing how to make a cucumber sandwich. Um, there's so much about this movie that is that I love. Like I said, the the puppets, the um the Grand High Witch, who is obviously terrifying. Um, but then you have other little things that as an adult you're like, oh my god, how did I not see this as a child? Like the fact that half of the witches in the ballroom are played by men. Yeah. Who are not made up at no, all. No, they're not. They are just like men in wigs with hats and dresses. Yep. And it's like, there's <laughs> no, there's no, I don't even think they shaved. They didn't make any <laughs> effort to hide that these were men. And it, well, I think it's supposed to be that, you know, once they take the wigs off and everything else, like they are truly grotesque. I think they played it up actually. I yeah, absolutely. But that's why I love that scene because you see, that woman who threatened Luke yeah. become this grotesque thing. But like when she's talking to Luke, she kind of has that same quality as the Grand High Witch where it's mm-hmm. like grotesque beauty. Threatening beauty. Threatening beauty. I, like, yeah, because she's not grotesque. She's actually beautiful. Yeah, she's actually like, a very attractive woman. Yeah, but in that moment, it's like that kind of alluring, kind of the spider... Yeah, no, it's it's definitely sort of a predatory beauty. Yeah. It's it's like this is clearly to lull you into a false sense of security. Exactly. And that's kind of one of the best themes in this movie. But then you have 
you have all of this kind of threatening stranger danger theme that runs through the movie countered by the fact that there is quite a bit of humor and levity in this movie. <laughs> um, and all, Unintentional and not. Yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is that like a lot of it actually comes from like Angelica Houston. Yeah, no, the Grand High Witch is kind of funny. I think <laughs> she's it's hysterical. <laughs> I think one of my favorite scenes is actually when she's petting her damn cat. Like Liebchen. Just, yes, Because <laughs> she's just walking, it's like naughty cat Liebchen. Like she's naughty just, just, just Liebchen. <laughs> and, uh, and, and for some and, reason, like the Grand High Witch being a crazy cat lady just And like, she clearly is. Yes. And the best part is that like when she catches the grandma with her knitting on the balcony, mm-hmm. she, and when she's like, she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry, I dropped my knitting. And she's like, It's quite alright. Like it's, it's very like she's like you haven't seen my grandson have you and she's like no I have not seen your grandson but if I see him I will and then she just walks away and she's like turn him into a mouse <laughs> and it's like she's so like campy and silly that as an adult you can appreciate that but as a child it's like she's just the most horrifying thing you've ever seen I had never noticed ever before when I watched this I watched this the other night for this episode specifically and mm-hmm. I, I, I was sitting there watching it and I never realized at the end when the grandmother's confronting her and like, she's the grand high witch and blah, 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 blah. Angelica Houston is standing there holding a, a spoon, spoon. Out. <laughs> like it's goddamn Excalibur I know and she like... looks like like uh, like Gandalf with his staff she's like <laughs> she's holding a fucking spoon I know <laughs> And it's so funny because it's like, the thing that I, wa- when I watched it as an adult, the thing that I wasn't, the thing I kind of couldn't justify, I was like, well, at this point, the cat's out of the bag, no yeah. pun intended. Why didn't she just fucking go ballistic on Yeah, this just woman? light her up. She, she, she literally like pointed a woman to death earlier in the I know. Film. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, it kind of didn't make that didn't make sense to me I was like at this point she's she's had the soup she knows she had the soup yeah. and that she has had formula 87 or 86 or whatever yeah. it is um, and she is going to turn into a mouse so it's like well what are you going to do as your last hurrah and the answer is nothing <laughs> and the answer is hold a spoon hold a spoon <laughs> <laughs> But she does have the funniest moment to me in the entire movie is when she's trapped in the the water jug. Yeah. And uh, you can just kind of like faintly hear her in the background. And this is where it is like very plain and clearly a, a Jim Henson yeah. production because you can hear her going, oh, oh, get me out of here. <laughs> like, like from underneath the, the water jug she's just like she's just like yelling to let her out from the jug but it's like far away so you're just here <laughs> it's like she still has an accent as a mouse it's just hysterical also i love the fact that rowan atkinson is in this fucking movie as long as we're talking about that moment it's like fucking mr bean with the goddamn cleaver <laughs> is how this movie ends and like i i watched it this time and i'm kind of like i'm kind of horrified by the fact that the implication is he just like cut her in half with a meat cleaver i know at the end of this movie like as a kid you're like yay as an adult you're like that's whoa whoa, okay and that she pops 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that's kind of gross. And she was a gross looking mouse. Yeah, she was a gross looking mouse. That is mouse. not, I would not have lifted that jug. <laughs> there is a particularly diseased one under the couch. <laughs> <laughs> it is particularly diseased. Yes. Um, now, you and I are self identified pagans. Yes. Um, and this is a discussion that happens a lot in the pagan community when it comes to movies about witches. Do you have feelings about the way witches are presented in this movie? I do and I don't. I never like the conflation of witchcraft and child predator. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's a fucking movie. Yeah. And... I kind of sit here going, it's all in good fun. And there is a difference between sort of the Hollywood the movie Hollywood witch, witch and a real witch. Mm-hmm. So I think as it's like as... a Hollywood shark versus a shark. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not that difference. I think <laughs> witches are like Jesus sharks, Christ. but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, they are played up as dangerous. They're played up as monsters when in fact that is not at all what they are, but that doesn't make me enjoy shark movies less. Yeah. It, it, I enjoy them knowing that they are fiction. Yes. And that they are not based in reality in most ways. Um, and this movie is not based in reality at in all. In any way. <laughs> in any way. No, and I mean, like, what a hypocrite I would have to be to enjoy Hocus Pocus, but not, but have a problem with how with, this, yeah. yeah, like. Because it's the same thing. <clears throat> it's the yeah. same story, essentially. Uh, well. Kind of. Kind of. It's it's that predatory. It's the same beats. Which, Yeah. It it has the same premise in, in a lot of ways, just it's a different story. Um I I feel much the same way because when I watch I I actually think then I would not be mad if the next trend was witches. Because we've done ghosts, we've done vampires. Uh I would love for witches to make a comeback and to be the next like Big horror movie Big villain. horror movie villain. Because there aren't a lot of good witch movies. There's this one and there's uh, there's Hocus Pocus. But Hocus Pocus isn't really scary. It's not scary. Like, there's I, like maybe two kind of scary moments in it, but like... In Hocus Pocus? Yeah. Which? I would argue the opening sequence is creepy. Yeah, I guess it's Hocus a little Pocus. creepy. Um, I think if there's one scene that actually has a, like a sort of scare in it, it's in um, Max's bedroom. Yeah. When <laughs> when when they come out of the closet, yes, <laughs> so to speak. Um. Yeah, I definitely think that witches in Hollywood get a bad rap, but when you're looking at them as it's funny because they're the they're the only kind of classic monster that that is human is human and yeah. has roots in, in <clears throat> reality everything else is like vampires and werewolves and go well i shouldn't say ghosts um you know, you know these things that monsters that don't yeah. really exist but witchcraft exists in a very real way and i think that a lot of the prejudice against witches or a lot of where these stories come from of like the old crone witch who is dangerous and is a danger to children and is a danger to society probably definitely 
has roots in history as well with the prosecution of pagans and and the persecution of women who lived outside the persecution was the word i was looking Sorry. for <laughs> i did not <laughs> well they possible. were prosecuted they were i mean so <laughs> they were crushed there was and thrown a, in a river it was technically a trial i always loved that the test to see if someone was a witch was to like throw them in water and see if they sank and if they sank they weren't a witch and it's like but then they drown yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so the only way to test to see if someone is a witch is to kill them <laughs> may we burn her um yeah it's kind of a all of that mythology has roots in real pagan history and and christian (laughs) history um and i think that a lot of where the those stories come from has to do with that history that said i am not personally opposed to enjoying the way witches are hollywoodized yeah i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with it if nothing else like i can't point someone to death so clearly like yeah. the, 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 <laughs> the the component of magic that happens in these movies is is not anything close to what real life is like yeah um so i mean at that at some point you just have to admit that this is fantasy mm-hmm. like it's it's complete fantasy and kind of go willful suspension of disbelief to enjoy the movie and afterward we can have a talk about what real witchcraft what is. real witchcraft is like and how the vast majority of practitioners of witchcraft have absolutely no malice toward anyone mm-hmm. i mean except maybe like their ex you yeah know? i mean there are certainly things that witches can do to be malicious but i think ultimately that but it's not the norm. It's not the norm. And witches who practice that type of witchcraft pay for it. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, if you believe in, in what we believe in, you believe that witches who practice bad magic get bad magic back. And it all comes back to karma. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And I, I think that's why um, I have I have a much easier time separating this kind of thing from uh, from what I actually believe because it's like it would be like if you made a movie about you know uh, a Christian who could like shoot thunder and and turn people into trees and put them in paintings and do all this shit it's like well we know that that doesn't really happen we know that that's not real so it it's kind of like the fictionalized version of of this monster idea. Yeah, and nobody thinks that it does happen. Like, yeah, we're not having modern witchcraft trials because of Roald Dahl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, it's very different from even, like, movies that portray homosexuality in a bad light. Like, because you could make the comparison. But, and like, people it's... people frequently do. It's very different when there's a real world harm associated with that depiction. Mm-hmm. And I would argue in this case, there isn't really a real world harm done by this film, at least not in a tangible way. Not in a tangible way. I, I could see why people would make the argument that painting a witch in a bad light, in any bad light, is detrimental because it's a, it's a very misunderstood practice and uh it does kind of lead to 
the kind of primitive idea of what witches are and how they operate and what they believe. Because I've had to explain it to a lot of people that, you know, what I do is not inherently evil. Because, but See, the funny thing is, is I've found myself having to explain a lot more often that I don't think that I'm like in Harry Potter. Oh, well, like, that too. I think like people... I feel like a lot more people think it's a joke than think that I'm some kind of evil sorceress. Yes, I do agree with that. I do think that people often think of it as a joke, which I think is uh, extremely offensive, but probably more offensive than <laughs> any any depiction of a witch in, in Hollywood. But um, I I find myself having to tell people that like, because I suppose if you really wanted to, you could say that like, yes, these witches are fictional and yes, they are uh, like the things they do are not possible, like making snakes appear and disappear or turning children into mice or putting them in paintings. But it, it kind of becomes that rhetorical, well, is this a depiction? Is this kind of a fictionalized version of the idea that witches are predators, that witches hurt people or that they will injury or that they will maliciousness or badness onto people um, <clears throat> or that witchcraft is in itself some kind of covenant with the devil or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's that kind of logic that gets applied to it all the time, but witches don't believe in the devil. So. I, think, I think if anybody comes at witchcraft with kind of that puritanical sensibility where you believe that witches are a functional cog in the Christianity ma machine, like, because this is the thing, it's, it's, it's only when you view witchcraft through the lens of another religion that it becomes, that it becomes an evil thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, my argument is that there's a very different feel to real witchcraft versus that sort of puritanical witchcraft. Like we've even like seen this very recently with the Netflix Sabrina, mm -hmm. um, where they're devil worshiping witches. They're not pagan. Yeah. You know, it's not the same thing. Not even one of the reasons I like to say pagan instead of witch is because there's no misunderstanding when I say pagan that I'm that, not that I affiliated am, with Christianity. Yeah, that, I am, that I'm not functioning as sort of the Christian idea of a witch. Exactly. And I mean, I like the term witch because it's a fun term, but at the end of the day, your belief structure is is based in pagan ideology and and none of that is represented in that in this movie. No, or it has most movies. To do with it. The only movie that comes close and actually does show a lot of actual pagan practices is The Craft. The craft is pretty close. I would argue Practical Magic gets pretty close. Um, Practical Magic isn't a horror movie, but... Mm. I think Practical Magic still kind of... It sensationalizes it. It sensationalizes And I lot. mean, the craft does too. I shouldn't yeah. say that. Um, but I, I agree with that. I think Practical Magic probably falls into the same category as uh, the craft, where it's like, this has some roots in reality and in what we actually believe and practice. I, I shouldn't say believe what we actually practice. Um, but it is, like you said, sensationalized. Yeah. And I think as long as you have a functional reality fantasy switch, which most people do, mm -hmm. 
I think it's fine to have those kinds of movies where it is sensationalized. I think it's fine. Yeah. Like, everybody knows that, you know, Sandra Bullock can't really blow out a candle and light it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be fucking awesome if I could do that. I like, know, I'd love, <laughs> like, to, be like, I'd to, love to be able like to that. do that, but I can't. Wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be? It would make life so much easier. <laughs> if magic was like, if like Hollywood, if magic Hollywood was real. magic was real. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it would. Um, we're almost done. But before we go, there is one person we haven't talked about at all yet. Um, <clears throat> and that is someone who has actually been one of my favorite people in this movie for years. And <laughs> she She's one of my favorite people. And the funniest part is that you don't really ever learn her name in this movie. No. Um, Looking at IMDb, she is credited as Miss Irvine. Yeah. But she is played by Jane Horrocks. Yes. Who is uh, Bubbles, for those of you who don't know, (laughs) Bubbles from Absolutely Fabulous. And she is the witch that is like the assistant to the Grand High Witch and does all of her evil bidding and all the craziness that she wants but then eventually kind of turns on her and uh turns luke back into a boy at the end of the movie and kind of gives us the deus ex machina for him yeah i love her in this movie i love jane (laughs) horks in any movie but i do love her in this movie because she's so wonderful and like kind of a brightness amidst the dark yeah, she's like, she's the only witch that wears white consistently. Mm-hmm. You kind of get the impression that she, because I think one of her lines is like something like, I didn't want to be like you anyway. Is it? Yeah. I, I think it, it happens um, when Angelica Houston sends her back up to the room mm. at the end of, at the end of the movie when they're all going to dinner. Hmm. But um, yeah, no, it's like, I didn't want to be like you anyway, or something, something to that effect. Huh. So you're kind of supposed to be made to believe that she, like she could have been a good witch this whole time and just, I don't know, has a bad choice in friends. <laughs> she fell into the wrong circle. Yeah, she just really needed the money. So, <laughs> she, so she signed up with the Grand High Witch. Huh. Uh, yeah, I, I really do love, I, I love her as an actress, but also as a character. I think she's a really nice uh, little way to end the movie because that is not, how the book ends. <laughs> uh, no, and Roald Dahl hated her. Really? Yeah, he hated her inclusion. He hated the ending. He hated everything about how they did this movie. I mean, knowing... This is his Mary Poppins. He yeah. hated it. Knowing what we know about Roald Dahl, I'm, yeah. I'm not that surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Roald Dahl did like a dark ending. Because in the book, you were telling me before we started, I I have never read the book. Um, although maybe maybe that'll be... My next audiobook. Maybe I'll find The Witches, the audiobook. It's a good book. Like it's it's a fun it's a fun read. Um you were telling me But it's that, dark as hell. Yeah. <laughs> uh spoiler alert, if you're planning on uh reading the book, you should not listen to this part. The end of the book is different because um Luke is never turned back into a boy. And it is similar in that in the movie they say they're going to take the money and go to America. And, you know, all of the witches in America were in the the Grand High Witches Black Book. And so they're going to go and hunt them. Um, But you you were telling me that Luke is on limited time now because he is a mouse and is not expected to live very long. Yeah. So it kind of has a much darker. Yeah. The idea is that he and grandma should run out of time at about the same 
time. I guess there's something kind of, I don't want to say happy, but what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Comforting in that, that like, they'll never know a time without each other. Yeah, no, that's, that's a fair point. I just think it doesn't quite outweigh the horror of like a 12 year old boy only having like five more years to live yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that is horrific and that is awful but again it is rolled up (laughs) so um yeah that's that's pretty much it the only you know what's funny we had this whole conversation and i didn't even bring it up um i still don't even know what to make of it but we all know that famously there is a reworking in in the works yes there's this a remake movie. of this film being made they are remaking it's supposed the witches to come out in 2021 is it yeah they, it got pushed back it was supposed to come out this summer but it got pushed back hmm i'm why this summer hmm why in the summer i would think this would be uh i don't know i think maybe September, they were shooting October movie for like they were shooting for like the 30th anniversary of the original's release or something like that i hmm. don't know yeah, I'm not really sure. Oh, that's true. It is exactly 30 years this year. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. If you were born in 1990, you're 30 today. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, so I, I was not opposed to the idea of a remake of this movie, mm-hmm. which I won't. I will very rarely say that. I, I am very often opposed to remakes, especially of my favorite movies. This one, I'm not entirely opposed to it because... I think in a contemporary setting, there are ways to play with this story to make it um, apply more directly to modern childhood. That said, they cast as the Grand High Witch, the successor to Angelica Houston in this role, is Anne Hathaway. Yes, it is. I don't even have words for how much I hate that. On the other hand, Octavia Spencer is going to be the grandmother, which is pretty cool. Which is great. And Stanley Tucci's in it. He's taking the Rowan Atkinson role. Is he? Yeah. And again, I'm sure these things will be wonderful, but I can't tell you how much I hate the idea of Anne Hathaway playing this role. We have actually discussed this. I know, but I'm going (laughs) to say it anyway, because it's important to me that we say it. First of all, I don't think she's old enough. That's fair. Anne Hathaway is in her, what, late 30s? Something like that, yeah. Mid to late 30s. I mean, I don't think Angelica Houston was all that old when she She was 40, if not exactly 40, she was 40, like early 40s. Okay. Um. Because I looked it up. We discussed this before in private okay. and I looked it up. She was in her early 40s when she played this role. So automatically, we're kind of going into that Pennywise territory where yeah. it's like, here is a character who is supposed to, to represent the ultimate stranger danger, adult warning, warning, do not touch. Yeah. Being played by someone who is not threatening. They're too young she does not have the vibe of 
the Grand High Witch. Because you look at Angelica Houston and she has a very intimidating look. Even like she's very severe. Even out of the context of this movie, like she is a beautiful, beautiful woman. Yes. And I'm sure a very nice person. But from a distance, looks very intimidating. And there are a million people who have that look in Hollywood that they could have pulled from. Why did you choose this like soft, rosy, like no hard edges person to play this woman? I really don't know. I was actually thinking the other day who might have been an interesting choice. Gwendolyn, I have some. I Gwendolyn have some Christie. Gwendolyn Christie would have been interesting. I think it would have been an interesting choice. I think Kate Blanchett would have been a really great choice. Or Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. Or, um, fuck, I just had someone in my, oh, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton is creepy out of me. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> Tilda Swinton has that. Like, she's just so thin. She has that aura <laughs> that, like, she has that kind of, like, nature's way of saying do not touch <laughs> vibe about her. Like, she would have been a great, and it's why she was so great as the witch in the Narnia story. Yeah. In The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. She has that very severe kind of piercing gaze. And it's it's a focus that is, it, it will eat through you. And she's such a talented actress because she knows how to harness that. And, you know, if you like her, forgive me for saying it, Anne Hathaway doesn't have that. Anne Hathaway is not a striking actress. She's good at what she does. Mm -hmm. But I don't think of her as a versatile performer. See, I like Anne Hathaway. So. I do not. <laughs> I don't like her. So I disagree. But um, I just I'm, don't see her as that. Like, I couldn't imagine running into Anne Hathaway. Like, I couldn't imagine walking into a party and being like, oh, my God, who's that? You know what I mean? You look in and be like, wow, I bet she's going to be drunk after two shots. Like, that's what I think when I when I look at Anne Hathaway. I do not think of her as, like, a commanding force. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see next year whether or not she could pull it off. I mean, just because she's never done it before doesn't mean she can't do it. If I see that movie, I'm not going to pay for it because I'm not going to reward this bad behavior. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy your ticket so we can, <laughs> so we can do an episode. We're going to have to. Oh, God. We're going to have to talk about this movie. Yeah. We should bring Bob so we have someone to fight with. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way this is going, it kind of seems like it's going to be me and you versus Bob. Or me and Bob versus you. I know. I'm going to be the Bob <laughs> next time. All right, kids. That's it for the witches. I hope you I hope you enjoyed this conversation because this really is one of our very very favorite movies. If you love the witches, and if you don't, I don't know what the fuck you're doing here. Please write in and let us know what we missed and what your favorite parts of this movie are because we would love 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 to hear them. Um, On an administrative note, um, we are going to be starting our Halloween programming next week because we've decided that 2020 is terrible and we should give you guys something to look forward to. <laughs> yes, we are going to look forward to the rest of 2020 and we are going to watch some wonderful Halloween movies and do some Halloween-based conversations on this podcast. Because August 1st is no longer August 1st. It is now October negative 60. Exactly. And you know what? 
I've never liked the summer anyway. So I'm just going to say, fuck it. Start Halloween in August. We're going to go right through October. <laughs> so fuck 13 days of Halloween. We're having 91, 91 days, days of, of Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> I think 92 actually. Is it? <laughs> yeah, because uh, August I think has 31 days in it. Yes. So next week starts 90 days of Halloween. 90 some odd days I of think Halloween. it's 92. Um, and we're just going to have a great time. So if you have a Halloween topic or movie that you would like to hear discussed, let us know and we'll see if we can squeeze it into our plans for the next three months. Um, that said, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please uh, tune in next week. We have more Haunting of Hill House on Monday and we will have the first uh, the first Halloween episode <laughs> I can't believe I'm Three saying that. Early. I feel we feel like it feels like we've turned Halloween into Christmas. That's it for us this week, kids. So until next time, stay spoopy and remember. She is the Grand High Witch. Grandma, she needs more time to become a. She did it to Bruno. Thousands of other children before him. Good evening. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Alon, and this episode contains clips from The Witches, distributed by Warner Brothers 1990. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Music